Dr. Gareth Dorian is a postdoctoral research fellow in space science at the University of Birmingham in the UK and co-author of a piece you can find at theconversation.com entitled Five Space Exploration Missions to Look Out For in 2023. Dr. Dorian, Gareth, good day and welcome to the program. Hello, thank you for having me. Well, it's good to have you with us. Uh, you talked uh, at the beginning of the article about uh, the, the uh, events that took place in 2022. We had Corey Nislow from uh, part of the Artemis team on the show yesterday. Uh, he was one of the science experiment people. That was phase one, and you, uh, you put in brackets, finally uh, completed. Uh, <laughs> how delayed was that? Oh, uh, well, the, the earliest incarnations of it basically go back pretty much as far as the Obama administration, um, 2010 thereabouts. Mm -hmm. um, the first test flight with any of the hardware that took place in space, uh, which was the capsule that they sent to the moon. Um, right. they, sent the, they sent the capsule that went to the moon into low Earth orbit in 2014. And this one that just completed its mission this year was the second one. So it's been a, quite a, a long delay between uh, the one and the next. Indeed. And of course, and we've seen some absolutely stunning photographs from the James Webb Space Telescope, also an accomplishment yes. of last year. And the other one you mentioned in your piece, Gareth, was China's Tiangong Space Station. Quickly tell us about that. Uh, yeah, so this is uh, China's uh, very first uh, space station, basically. So um, it's I think it's designed to house between three and six astronauts. It's got several laboratories on board. It's it's not unlike the International Space Station, basically. Um, so it's designed for for China to have a you know a permanent research outpost in space. Do they so, have? Yes, is it manned right now? Then. I, I believe it is, yes. Interesting stuff. So let's talk, let's turn the page. We're already halfway through the first month of uh, 2023. Yes. And uh, you've got five of the, and you've identified them as th five of the most exciting missions to watch out for, <laughs> which assumes, therefore, there will be more. But let's talk about the five that you've identified, in, beginning with the Jupiter Icy Moons Explorer. This is fascinating. Sure. So um, the Jupiter Icy Moons Explorer, or JUICE, to give it its uh, easier name, um, is uh, the European uh, Space Agency's first dedicated robotic mission to Jupiter. And the idea is that um, it launches this year in, in April, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, and after a very complicated um, uh, flight path through the solar system, it's designed to enter into orbit around Jupiter in, I think, 2030 or 2031. Um, and the idea is it makes multiple flybys of some of the moons of Jupiter um, over a number of years, taking lots of you know reading, readings and measurements and so on. And then at the culmination of the mission, it will actually enter into orbit around one of the moons of Jupiter. So um, it's quite an ambitious mission, certainly. And the icy moons part really matters here because uh, the moons that uh, they're going to be investigating uh, on board this, uh, this particular space capsule or space device will be cool. some uh, uh, the, uh, uh, equipment capable of uh, reading uh, through the ice, it's con it's considered that one of the of the moons of Jupiter is a, a quite likely possible abode for ex extraterrestrial life, given the fact that there's so much at least ice on there. So this is going to measure the uh, uh, the ice to determine whether or not, in fact, it could ever sustain life, right? Uh, so, yeah, pretty much. So basically, the reason why. So one of the major discoveries that's uh, started to, well, that's been understood and appreciated over the last sort of 10 years or so is that um, moons in the outer solar system were for many decades previously assumed to be kind of just dead, dead ice balls, basically. Right. But what we're finding is that quite a lot of them actually have the conditions that are suitable to have 
oceans of liquid water beneath the ice so mm. it's a little bit like antarctica you know you've got layers of ice that float on the sea surface and then underneath you've got liquid water you know the ocean and the idea is that some of these moons actually possess oceans that are many times deeper than the deepest oceans on earth and of course if you've got liquid water then that's a very positive abode a positive um uh, boon for the prospects for life so the idea of this this instrument you were talking about is it's an ice penetrating radar exactly so the, idea yeah. the radar can see through the ice and map the oceans underneath it fantastic and of course it's going to take a few years you're talking 2031 yeah. for some of the yeah. results to start coming through but what an ambitious project two Doesn't number it? number two on your list gareth is as the spacex starship Sure. So, yeah, so SpaceX Starship. So this is, again, this is something that's been, uh, SpaceX has been working on for quite some time. Um, no actual release date has been um, released for this, for the launch, the test launch of this uh, spacecraft so far. But the idea is it's basically a super heavy launch system, uh, which is capable, capable of lifting about 100 tons of cargo to low Earth orbit. And uh, if and when it launches uh, this year, then it will be the most powerful uh, rocket ever to have basically left the surface of the Earth. So um, and in terms of its ability to lift mass to orbit, it's certainly one of the most um, impressive pieces of space engineering I think we've seen. So, um, yes. And the idea actually is that one of the key features of it is that it's reusable. So both it's con it's basically comprised of two components and each component is designed to be able to be reused multiple times so that it costs far less money overall even though it's such a large ship um to to you you know for for you so almost impossible to imagine the power that those engines are going to be <laughs> capable of delivering number three yes. on your list is the you you say it's the long-awaited dear moon project what's that about yes so basically, um, there was this. This is all dependent on a successful um, flight of the form we were just talking about of, of the Starship. Ah. Um, but but um, basically, the idea is there's this Japanese entrepreneur um, who has effectively effectively booked the first sort of lunar flights of Star of SpaceX's Starship. Um, and the idea is he wants to take um, a load of uh, artists with him to the moon to sort of you know to inspire basically um, and bring them back to Earth. So. If that happens this year, it would be quite an amazing thing because it would be the first time since the 1970s that humans have gone anywhere up beyond low Earth orbit. So, um, you know, if, if this happens, it would be quite a quite an amazing um, experience, I imagine. So the idea would be to get and do us, uh, get as close as possible to the moon, perhaps do a loop or two around and yeah. return. Is that the idea? Yeah, yeah, pretty F much. Yeah, so the, it would be a sort of five or six day flight. Um, and the artists on board would, you know, use their experience to inspire their art and, you know, the art of others. So he's it, basically he's, he's booked it, the first slot, if you like, on the uh, on the um, flights for Starship. So. Well, he said he's got eight people booked. I wonder what the tab is for uh, a, a, a seat <laughs> on that. Right? Yeah. I don't think we can even beat him to count the zeros after that number. No, no. Uh, number four on your list of five, Gareth, is the asteroid explorer Osiris. Uh, is the is the moniker, but it's the Origins Spectral interpretation resource identification yeah. security holy cow yeah. no wonder they're calling it osiris yeah. need a deep breath before that one that's you? right uh, yeah so this this mission is a it's a nasa mission that launched a few years ago and it flew to um an asteroid uh, called bennu and the idea is that or the pr primary goal of the mission is to collect samples from the surface of the asteroid and then return them to earth for analysis okay um, this has only been done once before when in 2020 i think by um Japan, but um, 
Yes, it's Bennu is quite an interesting asteroid because it has it, some of the minerals that have been found in it have been altered by water, which again, as we were saying with the Jupiter moons uh, mission, you know, wherever you've got water, um, there is a potential for, for living things. So this this asteroid has doesn't have water on it now, but the, the minerals that it has on it have been altered by water at some point in the past. And so it's, you know, it's it, it conjures up an interesting, you know, uh, idea of what the early solar system might have been like. Um, and also it's uh, it's a, a near Earth asteroid. So it's, you know, a, a, a potential interest for that reason as well. And it already yeah. has a sample of these uh, minerals from this asteroid on board. It's already on the way home, right? Yes, that's right. It's due to enter the Earth's atmosphere on the 24th of September, I think, and land in Utah. So hopefully it'll go as well with that one. Interesting stuff. And last uh, on this really interesting list is something, a new uh, an adventure from India. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, Skyroot Aerospace. So um, basically, they're a uh, they're one of many uh, startups um, that have been um, appearing around the world over the last few years. Uh, you know, space access startups. Um, but one of their uh, interesting uh, angles, which makes them, I think, a bit unique, is that they're actually producing their rockets with three D printing. Uh, and so oh, wow. the idea is. So it's, yes, it's quite impressive. So um, the idea is, I think if, if you can get this to work, then you can build rockets so in, in a matter of days rather than you know weeks or months. Uh, and so uh, as far as I understand it, their rockets are, are disposable, but the fact that they can churn them out so quickly would again reduce reduce the costs for for access to space. Because um, you know you, whenever you do anything in bulk economically, it's it's cheaper than doing it singularly. So right, um, and it, and it opens the door just a tiny bit wider to mm-hmm. space travel uh, for yeah. those who can well afford it. Uh, I'm, yeah, gonna, sure. I'm, I'm gonna quote a line that you uh, you your final line with many bold advances and launches due in 2023. We're entering a new phase akin to the golden era of space launches back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, a great conclusion to an interesting article. Uh, it's 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 a fun time to be an observer, isn't it? I think so. Yes, there's there's stuff happening every year. I mean, last year was a good one. I think this one's going to be uh, just as interesting. So uh, watch this space, as it were. Absolutely, Gareth Dorian. Thanks ever so much for making yourself available to us and uh, pointing out some of these uh, incredibly interesting uh, and exciting space missions to watch for in the coming months ahead. Thanks very much, Gareth. We'll talk again. Thank you very much. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.